Yes, Nina? Do you have a minute? Now is not a good time. Now is perfect. So. Well, I just wanted to tell you that I practiced the coda last night and I finished. I thought you should know. Okay, Nina, listen. Honestly, I don't care about your technique. You should know that by now. Yeah, but yesterday. No. Anyway, I've already chosen Veronica, so. Sorry. Okay, thank you. That's it? You're not gonna try and change my mind? You must have thought it was possible. Otherwise, what are you doing here all dolled up? The truth is, when I look at you, all I see is the white swan. Yes, you're beautiful, fearful, fragile, ideal casting. But the black swan, it's a hard fucking job to dance both. I can dance the black swan too. Really? In four years, every time you dance, I see you obsessed getting each and every move perfectly right, but I never see you lose yourself. Ever. All that discipline for what? I just want to be perfect. You what? Want to be perfect. <laughs> Perfection is not just about control. It's also about letting go. Surprise yourself so you can surprise the audience. Transcendence. And very few have it in them. I think I do have it in Ah! You bit me? I can't, I can't believe you, you bit me. I'm sorry. But that fucking hurt. Heartlight. 
or turn it on. It's up to you. Either way, on the Cinema 9 podcast, we are open to the Neil Diamond. We're open to E.T. We're open to everything. We love connecting with you on this show. It's the Cinema 9 podcast. Michael Govier, Travis Roy, Eric Bransham, Cinema 9 Potter, ProtonMail.com. Today's focus when we do the Does It Hold Up or Not will be about a movie called Black Swan, chosen by Eric Bransham. But first, as always, Travis Roy, it is Thursday. September 9th, 2021. Where are we at this point? Where are we? Like in our in our like in our life, <laughs> like in, in like in, in the, like our geographic location. Yeah, it's like encompassed all, all the sudden, lives of everyone. Yeah, like all of a sudden David Bowie's in my head just like, where are we now? Where are we now? I don't know. I don't know, David. Shit, I'm on the spot. <laughs> the tough one. That's a toughie. Well, you know, I watched a really anxiety-ridden movie last night, so maybe my mind is not like in a place where I can easily get to simple answers. Watch this movie called Black Swan. Oh, I never <laughs> heard of it. Uh, yeah. I wonder if it holds up. Let's find out. We will on this show. We'll find out. Eric Branstrom, you chose this movie. We'll talk about it later. But uh, how are things going otherwise? You got a nice in- internet connection. You got a computer. You sound good. Um Yeah, I'm feeling great, Mike. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. I watched a lot of movies, too, so I'm going to be uh, pumped to talk about some of these ridiculous pigs. All right. The man's got things to say about movies. That's why we're here. Well, Good that hit. is an important part of the show. I would think that <laughs> matters. Uh, those of you out there, you want to comment, you can always chime in here on the live stream, as you like to do. And you can send us an email, cinnamonipodaprotonmail.com. Five-star review on Apple Podcasts always helps the show grow. If you've never heard that before, if you've never listened to a podcast <laughs> for some reason, no one's ever told you that. Well, let me be the first to tell you that's how it works. If you didn't know, you telling someone to watch or listen to our show would help us. Yeah. If you didn't know that. I don't know if you knew If you're that, wondering though. what's happening right now and what you're listening to or seeing, then it's a podcast <laughs> and uh, we talk about movies. Hey, uh, did that uh, did Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, is that how that's what's called? Yeah, Shang, Shang, uh, yeah, Shang-Chi. Did that come out yet? Yeah, it came out, it came out uh, last week. And it is okay. the first Marvel movie since... I think Thor that I did not see the first Thor that I did not wow. see the day of in theater. That's 10 years. Cause that's 2011. Fuck. I know. I really fucking hate it, but um, I'm thinking I'm going to wait wow. until the crowds die down and like go like hunker in a back corner, th- like some night on a Tuesday night or something. I was so surprised for being exclusive to theaters. It fucking killed. It's a box office, man. Yeah. I think it's yeah. like 90 million record breaking rise, man. Record break. I'm staying people the fuck away up. from theaters. I'm staying away for the time being. But uh, yeah, people do people, like people I told you, stay away from me. <laughs> I have no idea what song that is, but I love your singing voice. I love it's your so pretty. Godsmack. That's so dumb. Never oh, misunderstand. You know, I'm not ashamed to say that I don't know any fucking Godsmack songs. I'm Keep away. That was a huge hit for them. That really took them to another stratosphere at that God's point. So, is that why? Yeah, it was more of a no, that's, guy. I don't know. I'm disturbed. Disturbed. <laughs> no, that, yeah, that's a drowning disturbed. pool, maybe. Yeah, that guy's yeah. dead. We can't wah, make that. Uh, uh, oh, right, wasn't wah, uh, 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 was that That's Sisu disturbed. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, disturbed. Sisu uh, uh, is actually a legit band with things to say that matter. I didn't uh, say they didn't have anything to say. I just said I'm not listening. No, I'm just making that clear so people, you know, I don't want them to be lumped in with all those other bands that are, you know, well, I, I sang the lyrics but, for themselves. It's the same, Mike. Lump them in. Hey, uh, you know, Eric, it's fall here. We're on the brink of fall. Have you uh, had any pumpkin ales yet? So as soon as September 1st hits, I go immediately to the store. I get my <laughs> uh, red apple cinnamon candles. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I get right into it, man. So I'm drinking apple cider. I'm like thinking about like crisp leaves and shit. I'm totally falled up. 
<laughs> He's ready. He's Thinking ready. about crisp leaves and shit. That's fantastic. That's beautiful. That I mean, I, I couldn't couldn't explain it better myself. Yeah, I'm loving this weather. This is already like fantastic. You know, it, it actually feels like fall. I'm loving it. I'm loving fall. Yeah. yeah. Is it amazing how jingles get in your head? It's such Remember a fall guy. Thing. Remember that show, The Fall Guy with Lee? Sure. Davis? Love fall guy. He might jump from a tall building or blow up a brand new car. Cause I'm the unknown stuntman. Something blah 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 blah. Go so far. Wait, is that Rockford File? I mixed up Rockford Files and the Fall Guy. I gotta be honest. They both seem very similar to me. I don't know. They're they're both like ten years before your time, so I'm impressed that you know them at all. (laughs) It's only because you know what they did in the '80s is they dumped all that the reruns oh, yeah. on us. Yeah, oh, yeah so that's dude. the only reason we know. Hunter, like daytime Hunter, TV. Hammer. Right, we had no streaming up. options. It was like, here, just enjoy Green Acres because that's what you fucking get. <laughs> <had. laughs> yep. yep, that's all you get. Oh, Sesame Street is over. <laughs> fucking watch. Uh, what was that other one? Oh, the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, 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 yeah all that's that shit. It. I dream that's of Genie, it. fucking Bewitched, yep. which Bewitched. aren't bad. I didn't mind watching those by any means. I I full on liked Mr. Ed, but I don't know that I would go back now and enjoy oh, it as Wilbur. much. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you kids got a good today though. You got a lot of options. You should be grateful yeah. that you have the choice to choose freely. Yeah, we it's had like three good. channels. Green Acres was on one of them all the time. Yeah, it was that or the news. Yeah. <laughs> the news. Which Gabor was that? Was that Ava? Jaja, Jaja. Fucking Gabors. What a weird Gabors. Uh, maybe we'll do. Have we done a movie yet with any Gabors in it? I don't think we. No, have. <laughs> no, no, we have not. We, have not. we, we should. Have. We should uh, give a shout out to, to Michael Kenneth Williams. Gone too soon this past week. We don't have to, not to get too morose, but we lost a, another great one uh, over over the past week. And uh, we're a movie podcast, so I would like to salute him. Do you guys have a favorite role of his by any chance? Another Philip Seymour Hoffman asked death. Unfortunately. I mean, it's. I mean, like the coroner's report's not out as of the recording, but yeah, it sounds like. Uh, it sounds like, I don't know, man. I hear there's a lot of fentanyl out there. I hear there's a lot of laced shit out there. I'm not. I'm not really into all that. But if you're uh, if you're taking stuff up your nose right now, test your shit, man. Um, it seems it sounds like there's a lot of bad shit out there lately. It's never. There's more ways than ever to actually test your stuff now. It's actually the easiest it's probably ever been in the history of the world to do that. So that is something you can actually do on the internet. You could buy this stuff. And test your stuff. If you're going to use, test your stuff. I think it's a fair statement. Harm yeah. reduction. Yeah. I'm with I, you. But as far as his career, yeah. I mean, non-wire stuff, obviously, because that's his well, yeah, famous of role. Of course. But uh, we talked up the public on here before for with good reason. He was really standout in the Emilio Estevez-directed feature, The Public. That was really great. That's a great call. Yeah. I agree with that sentiment. There's got to. I think there's some other. Eric, do you have a personal uh, favorite? I'm gonna be completely honest with you, man. Oh boy, I'm not yeah, familiar you, with this guy's work. Yeah, he's only been around <laughs> for 15, 20 years. <laughs> you have seen this movie. So you saw Twelve Years a Slave. He was fantastic in that. It wasn't a huge role, but I mean, you, you've seen him in multiple, multiple. You did see that, right? Twelve Years a Slave. I did, but I, I, I don't remember this guy. I'm sorry. I forgive you. That's mind blowing. Because I've never seen Boardwalk Empire or The Wire, and he's yeah. like a big one. So I was watching The Wire. Presence, though. Yeah, I was watching The Wire when it came out. So like, I was among the many people that was like, I am learning this motherfucker's name. This guy is. I mean. I, to me, really, I, I thought he was one of the best actors working right now. He's also really. an inherent vice, your favorite, Eric. Yeah, everyone hates <laughs> he was that in shit. that. <laughs> I, I walked out before he came on screen. Yeah, I, think, I think I did too. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not his fault, though. I mean, yeah. don't, I don't blame him at all. We, uh, we all I'd have to blame for that one. Yeah, I'd, uh, you know, I looked through his, and I'm trying to get like reminded of roles. I was like, oh, yeah, that was, that was legit. I, I, 
I don't know. I think the wire, it's truly, it's his, it's his crowning achievement. And I do love the public. He was great in the public. But he never really got offered the roles. I think that the, his caliber of acting earned him, to be honest. I don't think that. I agree. I think that a lot of people liked him and respected his work. And he clearly had some friends in the business because he popped up not just in a lot of things in smaller roles, but he would all, he did a lot of shorts and a lot of like, like uh, funnier die and that kind of shit. Like he he did like a lot, a lot of that kind of stuff too. What, what do you That's think what he was in? He was in Motherless Brooklyn and yes. he played a, he was good in that. That was uh that was well done. Yeah. Um I, so I, yeah, when he when he came around with the wire, I thought that like when Idris Elba popped, like I thought like Mike, you know, Michael K. Williams would be right behind him, but never really uh, took off the way I think that he deserved, but he will be missed. Yeah, the wire is one of those. It's like I always relate it to like the like the discography of someone like Leonard Cohen, who I don't know much about, but one day I'm gonna like do the deep dive and just digest like, Jesus, all fuck. of it. Are you telling so, me you're missing out on Leonard Cohen too? You would yeah, love Leonard Cohen, yeah, dude. Like you yeah. seem like the biggest Leonard Cohen He's, fan. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> not I'm ready, not ready yet. Yeah, you've only you've only had four decades uh, under your belt. You're gonna need a few more <laughs> before you're ready. Oh. For Cohen. <laughs> not ready yet. I retire uh, and then buy the CDs. Uh, and he was in the he was in the gambler. He plays uh, one of the yeah. guys holding Mark Wahlberg mm-hmm. up for cash. He, play, he was good in that. So, uh, so some of these he picked some solid roles, but also yeah, he was just in a few that were like uh, yeah. yeah, he just made some great movies. Where, where I wonder if they were like huh. friends or he just was broke or what. But yeah, he took he took. You can't few. control those things though. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there it is. So Same. a guy who maybe we would have seen his best work yet to come. Now that we're talking about it, frankly. Yeah, I kind of thought that, you know, that would be the case. I always kind of thought that, but say lovey. So rest in power, my friend. Yeah. We'll catch you in the uh, fictitious afterlife. Yeah. See uh, you in the ether. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Ah, that's my own personal issue. It's not about you, Mr. Williams. I wish you the best. Rest in power. Uh, don't forget, on the Cinema 9 pod, we pay tribute to those that came before us. So if anybody has someone in mind that we haven't covered, and that we missed out on, please let us know because, you know, we want to give tribute to people who deserve it. And, you know, not just because they died, but maybe they did something cool and they got like an award or something. Uh, let us know. Send us an email. Send them an iPod at ProtonMail.com. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Do we sure. get any emails lately? I haven't checked. Did, I'm checking right now. We're going live to the email center. We've got one. Ding, 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 ding. Someone emailed us. That was nice of them. It's from our, well, it's our old pal. Chad, checking in from around the world. Okay. Hey, Chad. Chad wants to know, watched the Wolf episode and loved it. One of the best episodes yet. Wow. Big highlights for me included Will Patton as a slippery silver dollar turkey product. (laughs) (laughs) Lunchables the movie. Yeah. Thomas Jane as Cracker. (laughs) Donald Moffat as the cheese. I I wonder if we get to that. Yeah, that's great. Arlie Ermy oh. as Army Army. Yep. Army Army has like the as sodium nitrates. Yeah. Our jokes are funnier when someone else says them back to us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Gaylord Sartain eggs erroneous talk. He loved oh, that. So funny. Travis watching Aguirre, The Wrath of God, one of my all time favorites. The blind. Solid wings discussion. Although Robert Pastorelli was the overall guy in Murphy Brown. So there You're you go, right. Eric. Yeah, yeah. Robert Pastor, Robert Pastorelli. You got that one. Uh, itchy stomach's calamine lotion. <laughs> itchy stomach. Right. Thank you again. 
to Icky Thumper. Thank you very much, Icky Thumper. <laughs> Can't Sorry wait for next name. week's Black okay. Swan. Well, that's happening right now, Chad. I oh. think Travis mentioned before that he's watched Satoshi Kon's animated film Perfect Blue, which is very much a part mm. of that, and we'll probably talk about that when we talk about this movie. So I will skip over this part. But uh, let me see. Uh, Aronofsky denies any connection. So that's yeah, I, I actually never. I, I've seen a few of Kon's movies, but I, I've never seen Perfect Blue. I, I, I'm aware of the comparisons, though. Yeah, me, I would agree. That's the same, same boat. Like Seems to me he ripped it off. <laughs> okay, <well. laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Uh, if you have seen it, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on any connections between it, but we have not seen it. So keep up the good work, guys. Chad. I find it fascinating to think that Darren Aronofsky could spend a decade working on this film and rip it off from someone else. Like I don't think that that's what he did. There may have been, I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. Um, I, I can imagine there may be some, some, subs, some subconscious or maybe even overt borrowing um, oh. But like, I don't know, like literally he, he thought of, he was work- there was one point like where apparently where the wrestler and this were like one script and he had to like tear them mm-hmm. apart and like separate them, which didn't surprise me at all to learn that. Um, so like to think that it went through all these different versions and that, that kind of stuff for, again, a decade, like you're not just going to. All right, I spent I spent like a third of my life working on this great right. piece of art, and it's I you know very carefully copied this other screenplay like this seems like unintentional to me. Okay. Just a guess. I mean, again, I haven't seen the movies. What the fuck do I know? <laughs> well, Darren Aronofsky has, uh, you know, his own personal demons he's working through. By the way, Girl, demons is such a dumb phrase. I hate that term. Hey, I got demons. Got, what do you I mean? Demons, like they're guys. fictitious demons floating demons. around your brain? No, you I just tell know. people, I'm dark. I've got a darkness in me. <laughs> Sorry, I killed that guy. I, I got demons. <laughs> well, the, most melod- the most melodramatic way you could say that you're sad. Yep. <laughs> My client has demons. Uh, <laughs> you barely adopted the dog. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like a, a Bella Lugosi. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what he was trying to do. Bane and... <laughs> <laughs> what a Tom Hardy as Bane as Bella Lugosi as as Lunchables <laughs> as, as Lunchables as Lunchables as the stale butt. cookie. Oh God! Oh, as the Lord. stale Butterfinger bite. Ew. Wait, they come with Butterfinger bites now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're stepping it Awful. up a little bit. They're trying to re, They're trying to get people like you in. They're like, hey, Butterfinger bites, come on in. <laughs> yeah, you It'll could spend a a fraction of the money on an actual Butterfinger candy bar and probably get more for more health so out of it. <laughs> get, get some health out of it. Out of that candy get some bar. health out of it. Good I'm call. A speaker. I speak things. Well, Chad, thanks for that email, but let's get to quarantine viewing picks. Travis yeah. Roy, you're on the board. I watched some stuff. I went back, you know, we, uh, Eric, you watched Lake Placid not that long ago and yeah. I had seen it, but I, I hadn't seen it since it was new. And mm-hmm. I, thoroughly enjoyed it yet again Good. i watched a couple movies i'd seen before like ratatouille god i just fucking love ratatouille so much i can watch it over and over again over and over and over again i think it's one of my favorite movies yeah. if i really get down to it um i watched uh austin powers international man of mystery i watched the third okay. one like last year and like went like this is such trash how did i ever find any value in this yeah but for some reason i was just compelled to watch uh the first one I laughed multiple times, man. I laughed it's multiple horrible. fucking times. And I realized that probably the most quoted movie, that that's probably the movie that the movie quote that I use the most is from that movie, which is pretty standard, really. Um, <laughs> I've, I've used that movie quote a million fucking times. I'm like, shit, yep. oh yeah, it's Austin Powers I've been doing over and over again. I'd kind of forgotten. Well, the um, first one was funny. It's possible <laughs> that that was funny and it got worse by the third one. So. And I think that's the case. The first one was 
pretty goddamn funny, I gotta <laughs> say. Um, I watched Velvet Buzzsaw. It really, oh. you know, it didn't do anything for me for for the, this whole Nightcrawler crew to be uh, uh, brought back together and have such a lackluster film. It felt like a ten or twenty page like horror short story, like a Stephen King thing, just drawn the fuck out, just really drawn out. Like, just not a, not a lot there. Hated it. Tony Collette, Jake Gyllenhaal. This what cast. the fuck happened? It was dull. Yeah. It was it was dull and predictable and just like okay, this is just, this is really premisey. Um, I watched Devil from 2010, and uh, you know it wasn't brilliant or anything, but it was it was a quick 85 minutes, and um, you know M Night Shyamalan produced and direct. Uh, there's some decent people in there like Logan Marshall Green and, and Bokeem Woodbine, who I think is a really talented actor. He doesn't get a lot of uh, starring stuff, so I, I did not hate Devil. Did you see it, Eric? Or not? I I dug it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I, yeah, I dug it, key, but it, you know, it was, it was a decent, it was a decent yeah. horror film. Um, a better horror film um, was fourteen oh eight from two thousand seven. I'd never seen this John Cusack. Uh, really, I remember of, that one big time. King, I never saw I got, it, but I never gotten around to it. Um, and uh, and I and I li- I didn't love it, but I liked it. It was very faithful to the to the short story, and I I did like that. It was extremely faithful, almost almost you know, it was one of those almost too faithful ones, but it was it was pretty good. Um, all right, so I watched this movie called Missing 411 The Hunted. I, it's a sequel. <laughs> Are you familiar with these movies, Eric? No, it's a sequel. There's two of them. The first one was pretty good. This one was like, okay, now I just feel kind of silly for sitting down and watching this thing. But the, the idea is like, there's this guy who's written like multiple books called like the, the Missing 411 series, and they're all about like missing pe- persons cases, mostly in forests and woods that like have like similar connections to like similar events surrounding them and they're unsolved and they're always like kind of spooky and creepy and supernatural so it was, it was really so the first one was really good and like spooky and then this one was good until like the end when he started to try and like answer what was happening to these people then it's like oh yeah you've just gone like down the down the rabbit hole here which i i can get on board with some um like out there kind of like oh i don't know but like you start putting them in like a documentary film and it's like okay Thanks. Uh, so I'd recommend the first missing four one one, but not the second one. Um, you know, I gotta say the movie I watched that that did me the best this week. It was maybe not a great week for film, other than Ratatouille. Um, <laughs> uh, the the movie I watched that I really actually ended up liking was Daybreakers from two thousand nine. I'd never seen this before, but you know, it's got two of my favorite working actors in it: Ethan Hawke and Willem Dafoe, and. It's a vampire film, and it's there's some serious world building here. There could have easily been some sequels and stuff. Um, not not the most intellectual or like hard to predict film, but if you like those two actors and you and you like supernatural kind of like films, uh, I really liked Daybreakers. I I, it, I thought it was a, a very different kind of vampire film, and it's always fun to watch two great actors like that be together. Hmm. Nice little Saturday. Nice little Saturday. Right. <laughs> Eric Branstrom, you said you watched a lot of movies, so we're going to settle in here for this right. big movie dump coming our way. Did you kill Jody Schreiber? I watched Just Cause from 1995. <laughs> I haven't seen it in like 25 years. I was saving it for the show. Never saw it. Were you? Yeah, I'd mentioned it before, but it's been a while. I'd tuck it away. It's fucking terrible. (laughs) That's kind of why I was on the fence about it. How did they smell? (laughs) (laughs) I do remember Ed Harris. Oh, man. It's it's not good, man. So, yeah, I'd tuck it away. 
I don't know what happened there. It's like the plot is ridiculous. You know, I I remember you saying that you watched Freaky, and I couldn't remember. I, I did not, I'm like, did Travis like this or did no, he I did not, not like it? So I, I not, watched I, it. I didn't particularly care. Fucking for it. hated it. Like, yeah, no. so lazy and just insipid. It's like, yeah. come yeah. on. And I like this filmmaker Christopher Landon because I like his happy. Death Day movies, both of them. Oh, I, I didn't like those. Well, I didn't like the first stupid. one. Stupid. I, I hated. Um, have you seen Final Girls? No. Check out Final Girls. That's a really like that's a much better take on someone taking the Friday the Thirteenth mythology okay. and playing with it in a fun way. Um, it's not like as premisey. It's 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 kind of like a Groundhog Day kind of thing. Well, not Groundhog Day, but people like are aware that they're trapped in a Friday the Thirteenth movie, basically, and yeah. uh, it's fun. It's fun. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. check that out. Yeah, Freaky, which they clearly <laughs> wanted to call Freaky Friday or the Thirteenth and couldn't get the rights. Uh, not that great. <sighs> Terrible, man. Uh, I did really enjoy taking another look back at uh, 1997's Breakdown. Kurt Russell and J.T. Walsh oh, and Kathy Quinlan. I remember that. Oh, God. It's solid, Mike. It's a great thriller, <laughs> man. Like, never get off somewhere in, like, Arizona because you'll fucking yeah. get, get accosted by it's all the, the same. locals. What, U-turn, what Black Rain. I don't know. They're all mixed together. <laughs> Black Rain. The Michael Black Douglas Rain. movie? Is that what, Black does that Rain, take place man. in Arizona? There's not a lot of rain out there, is there? Just see that someone's <laughs> on the side of the road. There's a semi-truck. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It's fun, man. Dude, yeah. I, I I it's a solid Black thriller. Rain. So Jonathan Mostow is the, the writer and director. This is his only good film. He follows it up with U571, which is one of the worst. Oh, it's so bad. Marine, worst like, so historical bad. movies of all time. And then... Terminator 3, Rise of the Machine. So yeah. for, for a first effort, I, I dig breakdown. It's a good thriller. If you're just looking to kill some time, have some fun, kill your brain cells. <laughs> uh, I went way back. The Wild One with Marlon Brando in 1954. Fucking fantastic, man. Right. Uh, the Bad Seed, 1956. Oh, like they, one of the first, it's one of the first like creepy kid movies. Yeah, until Paper Moon, uh, that woman was the youngest uh, Academy yeah. Award winner. That's right. Pat McCormick is fucking Pat fantastic McCormick. in it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kills a kid with their fucking like what ice skates or some shit. Like, check it <laughs> out, man. For 1956, it's pretty sobering horror. Huh. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So finally, I did a, a a kids digging in their backyard double feature. Can you figure them out? Did you watch Psycho Gorman? No, I didn't. Oh fuck! Watch Psycho Gorman. Psycho Gorman. <laughs> Mike, kids digging in their backyard film. The gate. Uh, I was gonna say the gate or um. Stay tuned. Do they dig at all? Or they just tear down. They're just in the backyard. You're talking holes? <laughs> or, uh, yeah, what about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Are they digging? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So, Travis, kudos, man. That was one of them. I'll get to that one. Believe me, I will get to that one. Which one? First one, The Gate. Okay. First one was Encino, man, dude. I um, fucking love Encino. It's so fun. It never gets old for me, period. It just reminds me of being like 12 and renting this from the Meyer Video Store. I love it, man. And I, God bless Brendan Fraser, man. This is a natural, great comedic talent. What was that face, Mike? Well, someone keeps sending me that picture of him. <laughs> I don't know why oh, it's stuck that, in my head. Remember he's all ballooned up? Well, well he's he a man, a, you know? He's dude, a I looked man. At, it's not that. He had a debilitating uh, knee and I think a back injury to put him out. And you know what medication can do to you and stuff like that. So, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not his fault, Mike. It's not his fault. 
It's not. Um, I don't blame him. I mean, poor bastard. You know. Love when are we gonna do a Pauly Shore movie on this? I wonder if we'll ever do a Pauly Shore movie on this. Yeah, show. Jury not, duty? Until, not, not until Son we got around to Freddie got fingered. We do Freddie got fingered first. You get a guest host. Son-in-law. Not doing that. I'm not doing. <laughs> kind of heartfelt. So yeah, man, the gate, dude. I haven't watched this since I was like, and this is the most perplexing thing. I'm sitting there watching this, and it's been 30 years. I hardly remember anything about it. In the first half hour, I'm like, okay, this would like be a great introduction to horror movies for like my daughter or like kids. Yeah, and, and then turned. it keeps going, <laughs> and I literally get scared like 10 times as a 41 year old man. Like, what the fuck is this? How, how did I watch this all the time as as like a seven year old kid? <laughs> I, like, I was fucking seriously freaked out. Turned the lamp on beside my on my nightstand. Like, I was scared. <laughs> Eric scared of the TV. <laughs> when those little weird demons start running around, I looked at my arm. I had goosebumps. I don't Pretty know terrifying. I mean, the gate me, is fucking awesome. It's good. You're, yeah, and I like that we're talking it. about it again. That's becoming like a Paul Schrader for this. Show. It is become yes, it is because I watched it. You watched and it. I watched and now you dark. watched it. But you know, yeah. there are three of us, and sometimes we watch movies. So yeah, I'm trying to cap off the kids digging <laughs> in their backyard trilogy. So if you have any suggestions, email them. Psycho to- Gorman. Okay. Oh, okay. Is that the cover box where that, like that weird looking creature that looks like classic Halloween USA costume? Yeah. Yes. It looks so bad. It's good. It's fucking great. Okay. All right. I'll check it, it out. It is, it is uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on acid. It looks like it. fucking Ivan Ooze on the cover. I'm like, yeah. how do I do this? It's fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Aside Aaron, from those, man. Aaron, final... Aaron Worley also loves it. He recommended it. To he recommend likes the it worst Worley. 80s horror trash I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Oh. I, I watched The People versus Whitey Bulger. It's one of the worst documentaries I've I, it's so dry and like uninteresting and unentertaining for <laughs> for being about one of the most infamous like uh, criminals in the 20th century. This is like a, such a tepid documentary, so I can't recommend it. But was it more it. tepid than Black Mass? I like Black Mass, dude. I, I think fucking didn't Black hate Mass it. is fucking awesome. I love Depp's performance, but yeah. I thought it was a pretty dull. Someone thing. needs to do a YouTube re-edit where they cut out. All of the Joel Edgerton characters part, and then just have it only on the rest of the people, and it would be a great fucking movie. And and mm. a, like, yeah, I feel like it's also pretty long, right? Wasn't it? A, yeah, it's detail? because of this this pointless like, hey, how are we gonna catch him? Like scenes, procedural horseshit. <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, like Benedict Cumberbatch is like kind of in it. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, terrible accent, Mike. <clears throat> you know. uh so I was uh, in Toronto. I was on a trip for like four That's or five true. days in yeah. Canada. Toronto, Niagara Falls, Niagara on the Lake is also outside Dude. of Niagara Falls. Lovely oh. area. Travis, you've never apparently. been to Niagara Falls either? It's on my list. How, no. how breathtaking is this? Because I've only seen it in Superman 2. Like, <laughs> that's all I think about when I was that's there. That's all I've seen it in. I, that's all I was thinking about. That's all was, I know uh, about Niagara Falls. That's all I think it'd be office, I'm refusing but... to reveal himself to Lois by... Getting that limb on the tree. Bye bye, baby. There she goes. Is it, and, is it as breathtaking as it is in Superman 2? It is. Yeah. Wow. It's oh, the Maid oh. of the Mist still exists. And oh, that's yeah. cool. I've never been on the boats, but I watch people go on them. It's very busy, too. very touristy. I'd recommend getting one of the hotel. We got a hotel room on the 21st floor, so you could see like on it. And oh, that was cool. That's cool. Right on the. Yeah. Awesome. And, and that's it. Don't go. 
do anything. <laughs> Those beautiful don't, park side. Don't get a hotel. Don't leave. <laughs> don't don't jump into it because the view may be oh, breathtaking, yeah. but you'll die. Yeah, don't That's do that. right. He saves that little kid, and then uh, he exposes Bob himself Superman to Lois. Too. It's uh, he exposes tough. himself. I don't yeah, that part of the yeah. Movie. That's unrated. Version. Reveals that happens to Black Swan too. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, it does. Uh, I. So I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of movies, but I thought I came back and I watched something, but I can't find out. You can't find was. out what movie you watched? Did you finish The Sopranos? Yeah, that was that yeah. That's week. a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah. I finished the. Uh, I've caught up on the on the podcast that Michael Imperioli and Steve. Oh yeah, I started listening to that. Are they at each other's throats still? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the the dissolution of a friendship podcast. Um, but uh, like unfortunately, I've caught up. So now, like, I'm like, ah, do I really want to wait a week? And like, because I'm, I'm I've got like nine episodes left. I'm like, I'm not going to wait a week for what for the last nine episodes, you know. So I'm just going to barrel through them and watch, listen to the episodes after they come out. I guess. Also, my power went out for almost 24 hours again, which is just fucking Jesus. ridiculous. It's yeah, just, bad luck over there. Bad grid. It's stupid. Seven times this summer. Seven times. Seven times. This is how long, 2021. How long this time? It was about 20 hours. Jeez. Wow. So Jesus, that ruined. Darn it. I had to go walking. Uh, <laughs> I had to go <laughs> walk to the. I had to walk to the local Big B and have coffee and use their internet for like, I'm the guy there for like six hours. Like, oh, oh, we're oh closing, God. sir. I'm like, oh, God. All right. Well, <laughs> going to go back really to my dark need, home. I need your internet. <laughs> um, so, but I did, I remember yeah. now. I, I, I got it. So, right. I never saw this movie. Huh? 1998's Bill Paxton, yeah. Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, okay. Oh, simple 99, plan, Never saw that one. A simple so, plan. Yeah, what'd you think? Yeah. You know, I thought it was, uh, I thought the dialogue was outstanding. They really try to set this tone of a natural feel. They're trying to set up, like, this could really, really happen more than other movies. It didn't seem formulaic, even though it is a formulaic type play out. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty well done. But it's like, it's so bizarro too, so it's strange. I don't know how I feel about it to be honest with you, but I did find it curious. I we talked seen... about it on the show a few months. I'm sorry, Travis. Go ahead, please. Oh, that's okay. Go ahead. Finish your yeah, thought. I, I, I talked about it uh, maybe a handful of episodes ago. Like we've got a fucking great performance by Billy Bob Thornton, but this script, like I think I called it like a uh, like gift shop book script. It's just like all right, it's like beat by beat, just like cliche form i call it so completely formulaic like and then, no. they, then they'll deal with this then this will happen then oh no. well i haven't seen it in a while but i have a theory that in immediately as i thought of it felt really right to me you know sam raimi and the coens are real close they're good buddies mm. and i feel like this is sam it raimi is. shooting shooting this shot for a coen brothers style kind of film like he's trying right like, after fargo yeah he's trying to genre genre shift right after fargo yeah tons Which, of snow yeah, in this movie he genre shifted before with uh that western with sharon stone but like he was trying the quick and the dead yeah um that's trash that. Uh, I skipped it. This wasn't trash, though. So, uh, you know, if you never saw it, I never saw it. I'm glad I went and checked it out. I thought, Eric, that the the script was people trying to figure things out. I didn't think it was beat by beat. I thought they just kept making mistakes, and that's what people do. (laughs) Sam Smith, I think, is that he got this huge acclaim after this novel, and it's like 
he just watched a like, or, I'm sorry, that's so dumb. Of, it's so like millennial of me to say just watch, but just read of mice and men by Steinbeck <laughs> and was like, oh, how about like this, but with like crime and they find money? Same fucking story. It's like I thought oh, they were doing like a DB Cooper ripoff. You gotta too. kill it's the like, brother because he's dumb. It's like yeah, like money in a plane. Oh my god, yeah, whatever. Okay. Like and Gary Cole shows up later in the movie, which is fun. So Bridget Fonda. I mean, you can't go wrong. What am I talking about? I'd watch her do laundry for eight hours. Love Bridget Fonda. It sounds boring. She's kind of. <laughs> she's kind of just there though. It's it's, it's not great for her. I feel like hmm. she's misused in the in the movie, but yeah. she does play a key role in it too. I will say. Anyway, she, check it out. She's better in Lake Placid. Is what you're saying. I've never seen Lake Placid. I've heard people right, talking man. about it. So. It's fucking awesome. It sounds shocking. I've You're never in seen the CGI it. alligators. This is your movie. So, so did I, I mention that I would I watched Saving Silverman last week? Right? You did. Yes. You yeah, we it. made fun of you. Well, you did. I, <laughs> I was watching it. I didn't actually finish it, so I finished it, and I want to just <laughs> take one more moment what? on this movie because I think I made it pretty clear that it was like really. Uh, I don't know. It's it's not gonna hold up in today's world. Oh no, no, I wouldn't. They kidnap a woman first off to save their friend, and there's a ton there's a ton of references to gay stuff. Like someone's gay, so like gay homophobic jokes go on. But also Jack Black comes out as gay, and then the movie ends with him and Arlie Ermy kissing and getting married, which is like this is amazing. That. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, like holy. I'm like. Wait, is Arlie Army really going to kiss him on screen? Army, 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 Army. Is Army, Army going to do it? And he and he does it. I'm like, oh, this is fucking yeah. great. So the movie's got some cringeworthy moments, but then it's like, wow, this holds up in that aspect. It's mm. a fucking bizarre ass movie with nuns doing workouts because they can't have sex. It's fucking power <laughs> squats. It's so weird. Uh, it's a weird movie, That's man. Funny. Um, also, speaking of last week, Eric, I would like to apologize formally on the show for yelling at you and uh, scre- screaming profanity at you during your uh, reveal of whether or not <laughs> Wolf held up. And, and I felt bad after the fact that I wanted to apologize on the air. <laughs> I, I also wanted to apologize for saying that Wolf does not hold up. I, I want to make it completely clear that I love Wolf and I think it holds up. So that was a two versus one vote officially okay i will say this i've gotten tons of feedback on that episode we just got some from chad too so it struck a chord whatever we said however it (laughs) went clearly yeah well i thought i i thought i had reached the point where i stopped uh bringing in movies that i had emotional attachment to but clearly not so (laughs) (laughs) and uh lastly i uh i threw on the threw on uh barry levinson's the natural uh just because i felt like watching it so that was Barry Levinson. So you did watch a few movies. That, yeah, I did watch a couple of movies. That is Barry Levinson. That's before Rain Man. That's his early work, man. I the, think what I, year? Like, like the bat was magic. 84. 84. Wow. Is, is that the plot, Mike? Is like the bat magic and like he like is like old, but like the bat is magical. It's the bat. natural. It's the most famously butchered ending from the story version to the film version, I think, in movie history. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I never read the book. The bad is called Wonder Boy, and it's it's special. Yeah, but that is so it dumb. will. It, but he's also the super talent. But it's special. It's actually a good tale on how things they don't go the way you think they're gonna go, and it's not just like straight through. Like I'm the guy, and it's all gonna work out. Why is the bat special? What is what is his plot? It was struck by lightning. A tree was struck was by so lightning dumb. while he was growing up, so they decided to make a bat out of the de- the tree that died. That's not regulation. So- is this like an inflate gate thing? 
<laughs> hey, I laughed they, at a sports joke. I got yeah, that. I made a sports joke. You made a sports joke. Look at us. Myself on the back. Look at us. I don't even know what's uh, happening right now. Yeah, yeah. this is how you wow. who those teams were. Is Deary watching this? Deary, what team is? Crazy. Anyways, yeah, the Naturals. It's a good movie. It's it's weird. They did a good job of Robert Redford's like fifty five already at that point. And he's supposed to be a young, no. he's supposed to be a teenager, like a 19 what? year old. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't, they just used him straight up. They had two kids play him as the children. And then by the time he goes to get the big call to the baseball big leagues, he's like 18 and him and wow. Glenn Coase make love in a barn, but they're supposed to be like 18 years old, but they have yeah. tons of shadows. So it's <laughs> like, oh, well, you never know. I don't know. It could be them. In the 80s, you had like 40 year olds playing teenagers on a regular basis. Yep. They Absolutely. didn't even try. Yeah. Oh, what a day. All right, well, there it is. Quarantine Dewey Picks. We hope you enjoyed what we had to offer. And if you didn't, well, there's nothing we can do about it. I don't know. We try to do better next time. That's all I can tell you. But on the Cinnamon Eye Podcast, every week, we do one movie in particular, and we decide, does it hold up or not? And this week's is Darren Aronofsky's 2010 film, Black Swan. What's she doing here? He made me your alternate. Because just in case. Thomas. 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 Yes. It can't be her. It can't be her. Okay, why don't you just go and catch up later? What's going on? Lily. You made her my alternate. Well, there's always an alternate. Lily's the best choice. No, but she wants my role. <laughs> Every dancer in the world wants your role. No, this is different. She's after me. She's trying to replace me. Nobody's after you. No, please believe me. I know it's been a struggle. But you just had a breakthrough this morning. Tomorrow's yours. Just give a great performance and you won't have to worry about Lily or anybody else. Now go home and rest. Starring Natalie Portman. Mila Kunis, Vincent Cassell, and Vincent tape. Barbara Hershey, who was in The Natural. So she looked oh, a lot wow. older. I saw her in The Natural, and then I threw this movie, and I was like, whoa, time Beautiful. has passed. So, Gentlemen, 2010, Travis, can you take us back in time? Did you remember watching Black Swan in the theater? I feel like you would. It seemed like an easy call. I honestly, I don't remember if I saw this in theaters or not. I don't know. I, 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 I do not have the memory of my life that you do, my friend. I, I delete things pretty quickly. My life. <laughs> I don't I don't remember. It's gone. You don't, you don't remember wa- wandering into a theater because you needed air conditioning like Mike does? <laughs> I don't remember what I ate Dude. on the way in. Like, no, I don't remember this fucking shit about my life. That saved I, my I, life. Passed away. Thank you. I think I think I saw it in theaters. I, uh, because I feel like, you know, I know there was Oscar buzz and I think I saw it because of that. Either that or I saw it like as soon as it was, it was released. Because I remember like it was like, you know, an Oscar contender or whatever. So hmm. I watched it that year. That's all I People like the Oscar. And, and I hadn't seen it since. Wow. All right. Coming off The Wrestler, I'm sure you were excited to see this, Eric. Dude, I saw it opening night at the Michigan Theater, one of the most beautiful ornate theaters in the United States of America uh, because I love Darren Aronofsky, man. You're talking to one of the biggest wrestler fans you'll ever meet in your entire life. So I, I, did, I was anticipating this since day one. I walked out of the theater blown away. I was speechless. Everyone went to Fleetwood. I'd sat there catatonic 
in disbelief at what I had just seen, but I haven't seen it since. <laughs> okay. I uh, definitely saw this movie around that time, but I don't remember an exact uh, theater viewing, though. It might have been a DVD watch, and I don't have a good recollection, but I definitely remember wow. watching it. All right. I feel better. Yeah, I, got, I got nothing. Yeah, I got you nothing know, for you. So. Do you remember, Travis, when we had the Oscar party and we celebrated uh, Black Swan by drinking Black Swan wine? Um, it, it was at your, um, at, at your wife's father's cabin? Yeah, man. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> what were we what were we drinking? Black Swan what? We drank Black Swan like wine, like the, the label is Black Swan okay. wine. Yeah, and I wine. do remember an appreciation this. of Black Swan. Yeah. And then in appreciation of the King's speech, I prepared some <laughs> beautiful Cornish hens. Because yes, like, I do recall British food. There was some hot tub hanging out. Yep. And hot my favorite tub. thing about it is that we called it an Oscar party, even though there was three of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why we called it anything is beyond me. It was just three of us. <laughs> yeah, that was a good night. I do remember that definitely. Wow, well, that's like you brought fun. that time too. Mm, yeah, remember that eclair in Vegas? Man, that was good. <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Black Swan on IMDb. Anybody got a guess? I'm gonna assume pretty high. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'll just say seven six. Dude, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. 8.5 for IMDb. I'm going to say like a 7.3. I feel like this... I'm going to go 7.3. That's my take. And the actual answer is 8.0. Wow. Wow. For once, Jeez. like all three of us had not seen it. I think that's the first time that's yeah. happened literally in months. I'm trying to avoid that it. Me too. It's in, right. the, it's in the it's in the top 500. 8.3? 8.0. 8.0. That's huge. That's enormous. That is. That's special territory. It's in the top 500 on IMDb in terms of popularity, which is always a a list they keep going. So people liked it from yeah. all vantage points. I guess that's fair to say, right? It's uh, fair, I guess I you know, Society has issues, but I mean, society. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And on RottenTomatoes.com, everyone's favorite website for categorizing movies because we can't just enjoy it. We have to categorize it. We have to sure. label it. We got to overanalyze sure. it to death with a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> By choice. Yeah, we got, I've got to, mister. Uh, 80. Uh-huh. Huh? I heard that too. 85% for the critics. 84%. 1% difference between audience and yep. critic score. That's as tight as it gets for us, folks. I blame Goody Coons. Goody Coons. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have Coons. Blame it on Goody Coons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So as far as the critics, what they had to say, Goody Coons, uh, I don't know if he's busy. <laughs> he had something to do. He might have had been sick that day. Maybe he had diarrhea. I don't know. Can we have Desson could... Thompson in the house? Oh, uh, well, we'll be looking for him. No guarantees on this one. Actually, we 2010, have... I think he was... I'm not sure if he was still working in 2010. Yeah, this is that gray area, again, where it might not be available to yeah. us. Uh, how about this? How about Michael Compton of the <laughs> the Bowling Green Daily News? Oh, yeah. Love Bowling Green. <laughs> both of them. <laughs> we, don't we? Yeah, they're both great. <laughs> While some of the cringe-inducing moments do work, the film eventually veers way out of control with a final act that sends the film sailing off the tracks into another atmosphere in a good way or a bad way what do they mean literally it's a splat oh it's a, a splat. bad review okay yeah. i really wasn't sure where they were taking that one all right no one knows uh sean fennessy of the ringer uh, i know his work it's a sensory overload loud furious and rapturous <laughs> Jesus, uh, it remains the again, best, most <laughs> again with this volume critique. Turn it, turn it down. Yeah, overload loud, weird. Da overload dash loud. It remains the best, most visceral work from virtually every single person involved in the production. 
Whoa, that's high praise. Yeah, that's super praise for yeah. everyone involved. We're talking. We got yeah, know, some big hitters in there. Yeah, yeah. What the hell, man? Uh, anybody agree with that? I mean, <laughs> I I don't know that I disagree with it. <laughs> I uh, I I'll have to think about it. I mean, it's it's one of Portman's best roles, which is saying a lot. I, I think I'll say it's Matthew Labidicue, the cinematographer's best shot film. So I, I, I think that's where I'll give it up. Well, okay. everyone was concerned about where you stood on the cinematographer. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, I got that last name right. They that's always cool. are. They always, they're always asking. What is, it is well what shot. Is, You're right about that. Yeah, what is Eric thinking about? Uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't look like Dustin was available for this one. He was a very busy boy at the time, which is tragic. But we have Rafer Guzman from Newsday. He says... <laughs> Practice makes perfectly insane in Black Swan, a tale of one ballerina's psychosexual freakout. It sounds so lurid when they phrase it that way, but they're 100% accurate as to what they're describing. Yeah. (laughs) Psychosexual freakout. It is a psychosexual freakout. I mean, they're not wrong. I mean, okay. Uh, Lisa Kennedy of the Denver Post says, at times Black Swan verges on laughably old school. Still, what a brazen, bold riff on the cost, physical, emotional of art. Okay. Well. Hey, yeah. Next. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on. I mean. Oh, I come on. What about Goody Coons? Uh, let's get into our own opinions. Um. What about Goody Coons? If Goody Coons is in there, then by all means, let's let's good. Yes, I first I just found him. All right, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> Take it all back. Bring us the Goody Coons. <laughs> top critic, by the way, Bill That's Goody Coons of the Arizona Republic. Yes, he is a top critic. <laughs> Taking in the too much is never enough vain. Black Swan is a fantastic experience. Four and a half out of five stars. I give it four and a half goody coonses out of five <laughs> goody coonses. <laughs> oh, God. If we ever get to do a show with goody coons and Destin Thompson, I'll just retire. He's, he's waiting, looking I at his phone, waiting up. to be hit up by us like Destin was. He's like, why, why don't they want to message me? He's like, they talk about Destin again. They're talking I'm about fucking Destin again. <laughs> Destin. <laughs> All right, so look, this movie pisses me off it was a tough watch for me i'm just gonna throw this out there i was annoyed by it i absolutely 100 percent. i fired up the old skip button for this one a bit it was just like come on dude fuck this fuck this fuck this it bothered me it it bothered me a lot i don't know if the movie put me on edge and if if i wanted to get it over with more quickly i'm willing to give the movie credit for that it sets a, a tremendous atmosphere but one thing I just don't know if I care about a ballerina's plight. I'm just gonna throw that out oh. there off the top. But you love sports. <laughs> Who gives a f- this isn't uh, sports? This she's is an dancing. athlete, dude. What are you talking about? This is very much about she's about an per- athlete. This is about yes. performance perfection and 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 the concern of being able yeah. to perform yeah. with your body when need be and and also aging and your body breaking down from overuse. Yeah. Like this is, this is this is very. I, I thought this would hit right in your wheelhouse because like this is like to me it's a, it's very a very athletic film. That Travis just nailed it, Mike. I mean, I'm confused because in my opinion, I love all and you know me, I love all dance movies. Drumline, Save the Last Dance, all that jazz. My I did not know favorite. This. I've talked about this many times. Anytime I block like a dance, it, I just block it. Like what, that's a, like a dance studio. That. There's people in there. I love I love the film. <laughs> this the first 15 minutes of this movie 
I think are sublime. And I got right into the atmosphere of the, the dynamic of this troupe and everything. So come on, Mike, what are you talking about? I didn't. About? The, it actually got better for me as we went into the movie more. I was just like, uh, the opening is like, I don't care. This woman lives with her mother. It's pathetic and sad. That's too bad. And her mother's a nut job and that Rejection? sucks. And, um, I will say, uh, going back to your point about it, like kind of like how it made you feel, right? A, a movie, and we've talked about this movie in a negative way a few, quite a few times, and, and for all of my dislike of this film, it's become a cultural reference point. Uh, Uncut Gems. This is a movie wow. that um, definitely, like Uncut Gems, explores anxiety and like mental, like you're experiencing a mental health break like in, in real time. But unlike uncut, like while while this movie like it's it just escalates and escalates and escalates and like and like you just feel yourself clenching more and more as you watch it. Um, I could I can watch it like I still find it entertaining. Uncut Gems is like that feeling without the entertainment, without like um, a story right. that I care about. And um, so so I definitely agree that this movie like makes you feel a way that's not great, and that's certainly intentional. But I did I do find it watchable. That's a great reference. So this is also like one of Eric's favorites. It's just like Whiplash in a way too. It is a carbon cop. Well, Whiplash is a carbon copy of this, but you think about it, another Aronofsky picture and almost all of them, Requiem for a Dream. This is a film you don't sit there with popcorn and pop and enjoy, yeah. but you get so much out of it. Is it the same with Black Swan? I think, uh, yeah, I think that's, I find it, like, I'm realizing that I really have some, I really go like, I love or hate, well, like or hate Aronofsky films because I, I like this. I like Wrestler. Yeah. I, I think I think Requiem for a Dream I've gone back and forth on. Yeah. Mother! Uh, but, but like, I fucking <laughs> hate Mother, which I'm not going to go on and on about it this episode, I promise. But I, I fucking mother. hate Mother. <laughs> I thought mother. The Fountain was trash. I don't Horrible. think I'll ever watch that Noah's Ark movie. I just can't bring myself <laughs> I've to seen that. that one. Oh How was that? God. Oh, God. What a bore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he's a real hit and miss for me, I guess, is where I'm going with this. Okay. Yeah, he is hit and miss. And what he does in this movie, this is another thing that bothered me is this transformational shit bothered me with the <sighs> wings developing. I'm like, he's trying to sell it to me. And the way the movie ends, it kind of comes back around. And you're like, oh, shit, this woman is just going through a tremendous mental breakdown. That's which- the that's the thing, man. Um, Mike, I'm so sorry. But. I, I can't I, I have to earlier one of the critics called it uh, a freak out and we're talking about a film here with Black Swan that legitimately deals with psychosis and in particular schizophrenia in my opinion uh, and to treat it like a freak out quote unquote or uh, like a horror movie or something fun or cool or, or there's jump scares in this movie too it. that's stupid. I, I got a huge problem with that, how they treat mental illness in this film. I'll say that, and we, we got, we'll have a lot more to talk about. There are literal jump scares in this movie. He's trying to do the stuff. He is not trying to set up a final act, in my opinion. He is trying to fuck with you. Um, so I remember the first time I watched this movie, I thought, this movie's complicated. It's this complex film. I got to you know, try and yeah. follow it. And this time watching it, I did not feel like that at all. Um, <laughs> this, this movie, this is really, really a basic yeah. story. Like, this is a yeah. super basic story. So once you accept that, like, you're going to be fucked with some because he's dealing with psychosis, yeah. um, like, it becomes a real easy story to follow. Like, this is, this is a woman who's 
already had all kinds of mental health issues because she's repressed and uh, overly mothered. Like the, the woman won't let her change out of her own clothes. She can't even, she doesn't even have privacy to masturbate. Um, like it, like her mother has already fucked her up. And when, and when like that, that scratch rash shows up her shoulders, she's like, oh, again, that's happening again. So this was like an ongoing thing. Well. Um, so to, to like kind of see this all build to a head, um, it makes sense that it, that it ends in a psychic break. And, and uh, for me, or psychotic break, I should say. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I can't, um, I can't uh, diagnose by any means, but it, it seemed very realistic to me on my experiences with mental health and, and other people's experiences with mental health in similar kind of situations that I've talked about. Um, the way the pressure can take already um, existing issues and greatly exacerbate them. So let's talk about the uh, quote unquote wings starting to form on her scapula. I think this is maybe clearly or not so clearly uh, her picking at herself because of her, uh, I don't, I wouldn't say OCD, but I, I, I definitely yeah. say obsessive Something. type. Oh, of it's a skin disorder. I was watching the Amazon version. You know, they have the x-ray trivia with the IMDb stuff mixed in there and that part where she pulls that nail off, you know, the skin yeah. of the nail, it's a real yeah. thing they diagnose. Well, that, yeah, um, that's that, that's her like completely not understanding how to treat a hangnail. But between that and her, just like <laughs> clearly, <Funny>. it, <laughs> well, <laughs> she did that's just her not knowing how to treat a hangnail. Well, my question doesn't even happen though, it's just, uh, it's, it's not, it doesn't even happen. Well, I was excited to talk to you about this, Mike, because. Mike hosts another podcast. He co-hosts a podcast called First Day Pod, where they get into a lot of mental health issues. And it's a, a fantastic podcast that I encourage everyone to see. He does it with his girlfriend, Leanne. Uh, hello. And Thank they you. talk ad nauseum about particular uh, states of you know mental disability or however you want to label that or not label that. And I think this film hints at it but in a unhealthy way, they make it entertainment and they turn it into a horror film. They turn it into a genre film and it becomes stupid and silly at a certain point. How do you feel like they treat the stigma and authenticity of derangement and possible schizophrenia in this film? Uh, they, I mean, they don't, they're trying, I truly believe it. I'm not going to be talked out of it. I don't believe I'm willing to hear opinions still. He's trying to misdirect this as this woman's just descending into madness. Now, I've never yeah. heard him talk about the film, so I can't speak to what his intentions were specifically. But to me, that's how it lays out. Seeing this movie again, I saw it when it came out. I'm seeing it now. That's what you have here. And it's trying to be set up like there's these two swans, right? The black and the white swan. She's obviously the white swan, Vincent Cassell's character, who apparently was based on a scumbaggy famous ballet director in New York, started the New York Ballet Company or something like that. And uh, he used a lot of sexual drive to push his dancers, which doesn't seem great. Maybe no, that, no. I don't feel like they would feel it's... Yeah, it's not good. It's like the least and, professional uh, shit in, when he's doing that in the movie. It's just like amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. And this is based on real shit, apparently. Yeah, it's so. like classic, hey, I'm an artist, so I can grope yeah. you and assault It's Weinstein shit. shit. Weinstein. It is. That's true. That's very true. But she needs to become the black swan. She's a tactical perfect when it comes to all the little moves, but she doesn't have the the uh, 
insides of the black swan, which is like this unspoken or like this thing you can see with body language that apparently Mila Kunis's character has completely. So they're trying to lay it out like she's got to descend into madness to get this black swan out of her. And she's yeah. being driven by this guy to make that happen. And that's it. That's how they lay it out to me. I don't see it laid out in any other way. To me, it's about um, how imbalanced she is. And that's what her, that's what her mother has done to her. Like her mother, um, you know, she tells her like, I, 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 you know, I don't want the same thing to happen to you that happened to me because you know she. But she was twenty eight. Her career was already over. But she clearly had forced this whole life on her daughter. And that yes. scene where you, and we don't even get like this hyper abusive scene, but like that scene where um, Barbara Hershey is ready to throw out this beautiful cake, yeah. and um, Nina has to like smile through it, and you, you realize like she is just always walking on eggshells here, trying to like be the perfect woman so like her whole life she's only let herself be the white swan so like the mm -hmm. psychic the psychotic break that's coming isn't just the pressure it's definitely not just um vincent cassell's character toma it's 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 mm -hmm. mostly the mother it's the upbringing because she's out of balance with herself there is a darkness in her like there is in everybody i love the moment it's a little little heavy-handed but i really like the moment when um there's this shot where it, it, it goes to uh toma and he's talking about how everyone has the white and the black in them and as he and as he says that like there's this it's like the, the camera like does this shot that's like dividing him uh in the mirror so he's there's yeah. two of him saying that and i get from that that like everybody has this white and black on them right everyone's got this and if you shove one down all the way eventually it, you're gonna pop you're gonna break uh, you have to find like this balance in yourself. So to me, like that's that's what the yeah. story was about, and it was all it, it's it's about that. And the in the way that Darren Aronofsky decides to to you know he didn't write the script, but he assisted it, and you know he probably had a huge hand in it. The way he delivers it is the same way that people have been making these movies about psychosis since you know the the. the the 60s with something like Repulsion by Roman Polanski, you have these characters, and they're usually female, in the case of Repulsion and Carrie, where these, these women normally yeah. have these faults, and they need to be um, liberated from them, and they can't just be liberated from them. They have to suffer and die as a result of gaining their freedom yeah. because the same here and thing here in 2010 and i'm fucking sick of it yeah. say something it's an about... allegory of the swan lake story right that's true it is supposed to be i mean it's fucking swan lake modernize that is it. part of this you're attempting right. to modernize it within this film right so take the next step do something like i don't like either a beautiful mind or the soloist but you've got people with these mental issues in you're telling the audience something about what you can do about them. You're not just victimizing them and, and then saying, let's kill them off because it's interesting or fun or cool to look at. I think that, I, I mean, I think you make some really good points there. Um, some of this is pretty tired, but I also think that like, this is a cautionary tale in a very large way. Like th throughout the movie, like there's, there's recurring moments where she's not attending her physical or mental health like she 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 sees that there's something physically wrong with her or she knows that there's something mentally wrong with her and she literally like shoves it under the rug pushes it aside i am too busy uh, what i'm doing right now is too important my work is blah 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 and i think we've like everybody kind of does that from time to time i, I did it today um well, like, what about we, with beth though like she's the only beth? one that we see go to see beth in the hospital twice at least yeah she seems to take an interest in who Beth was and cares about her. It, it shows it like, wow. She's I, I, looking I, for answers. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what you're laying out there is like, she doesn't take care of herself, but she does 
stop to kind of ponder what's going on in this company and she where she could end up yeah. being, right? She sure. stops to get answers about what's happening to her. This is a passive protagonist in the worst way. She's a victim from start to finish. I don't feel much of anything for her throughout the entire film. Sorry. Oh, I feel I feel great heaps of empathy for her throughout the film, actually. I, I find it pretty excruciating to watch. That's why I didn't go back for a long, long time, and I found it kind of excruciating last night because I feel like you're just watching this person like slip through the cracks and all the people in her life who should care about her are hung up on their own shit. Um, and she's like in this, like this atmosphere where excellence is the only thing that's valued and anything less is garbage. And, um, and, and the way that, that she just tries to meet all these other people's uh, expectations of her and treat their dreams like they're hers I find it all just incredibly tragic. I, I find the I find the film just, just I mean, maybe a bit maudlin, sure. I mean, it, there's some misfires, but I, I find it to be uh, an effective uh, tragedy. It's definitely an effective tragedy, and my concern with the with the black swan, the impetus to become her, is the opposite of everything her mother has pushed her to, mm-hmm. and the the impetus is. Cassell's character. He, when he's telling her, every time he, you know, he's got these nuggets of wisdom about what she needs to do, right? Whether the, the guy's a scumbag, we get it, we understand that, but he's trying to push her in this direction to get the most out of her. But every time he does that, what he's basically saying is, get the fuck away from your mother. Your mother is totally controlling your lifestyle and you need to break free of that. And therefore, if you could break free of her, not only will you have a great performance, but you'll also have a better life in the long run. So he's actually. He is trying to help her, even though he has some fucking devious fucking means to do I so. Guess. Which makes it I kind guess. of compelling to watch, to have a character like tr- like that is trying to kind of, like that actually is helping her, as you say, but yeah. his motivations are so shitty and he's yes. so unprofessional and such a scumbag that you're like, oh, you're doing this in yeah. sort of fucking shitty way. Yeah. So I, I find that compelling <laughs> to watch. I watch a it movie is. like this and I'm saying, is this trying to... D- dispel meekness and say that you have to be assertive in this world anyone that is meek is just weak and will not go anywhere regardless of their talent or are are they trying to motivate people like this i think i've already kind of made my point but i think that i don't think i don't think it's against meekness as it is against an imbalance in oneself like to 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 like to, to, to to let yourself flourish and be the fully actualized human being that you could be rather than trying to submit to you know your parental or like uh other authority figures yeah don't be submissive you know it gets compared to whiplash quite a bit now whiplash is a film that i think is 10 out of 10 a plus masterpiece and in my opinion is because neiman his drive and passion are the things that propel him into being this perfectionist about his art whereas Nina, perhaps it's vague, perhaps it's it's not, but we don't really know how she feels about ballet or dance itself. We just see her wanting to be good at it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a problem or if it's interesting. That's I why she does. That's yet. why she doesn't have the passion that Lily has, because she's always just been trying to please her mother. She's always just been trying to do as instructed, be a good girl, be a white swan, like that. So she's she's excellent at it because through practice. But the passion her, her really mother was isn't gonna there. Be a ballet. She right. was, and then she gave up. She said, "I gave it all up to have you." Right. right? So, so she, then she pushed it on her. And I think that's a problem. For, for me, I'm sorry, Travis. For me, I I don't really care what happens to her so much because 
it's from it's where her motivation goes. It's not this internal passion to to be good because she cares and has the drive. It's just because that's what she's supposed to do. Well, not supposed to. That's what she thinks she's supposed to do, right? And that and that's think, the problem. Yeah, the same thing again. Like this performance literally literally kills her. Um, it's perfect, but it literally kills her. So at what cost is this performance, right? Like, so, so the whole thing is like, she would be better had she just left her mother, followed her own dreams, followed her own path, found balance. Like, it's not like the psychotic break that she has. I don't think that that's like, I don't think that's schizophrenia. I don't think it's like a, a, a mental disease that she would have regardless of where she was in her life. I think that that's a result of years and years of a coal being crushed and it doesn't turn into a diamond. It just finally pops, right? Like she just, she, she did her best and, and the pressure was just too much for her. We also have Mila Kunis in this movie and I'm curious yeah. what you guys think. Was she able to, uh, you think she was able to hang in this? Cause she doesn't have a lot of roles like this. You know, it's a very heavy comedy oriented career for her for the most part rom-coms and the family guy stuff and everything she do with ted and all that jupiter um, ascending yeah don't forget mike come on now <laughs> don't forget jupiter ascending or dramatic i'm gonna be work. honest with you when it comes to like the bathroom break do i pause it do i not pause it um scale i put on this on all films i i just went to the bathroom didn't care during the scene where they go clubbing and all that happens because it's you missed sebastian stan you did I, I'm okay with that, uh, but <laughs> okay. it, it, big debut. I, I think this may have worked better as like a, maybe a period piece, maybe something taking place. Maybe uh, it, it'd be a little more interesting than they go to the club, take ecstasy, and like maybe sleep around, maybe don't. I don't. That whole big like thirty that. minutes is <laughs> is kind of boring to it's me. It's literally like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> yeah, but it, it seems it seems to contrast the world of the the New York ballet and this classical uh the yeah. stage that this atmosphere is in it's i think just, it's i'm a, like oh yeah whatever they're gonna go party and this will happen it's and an then important it does happen. scene it's an important scene because yeah. like it's a, it's literally the first time in her life where she gives her mother the long finger and goes to act like a person her age and in fact younger um so like and you know she she actually lives her life she sees lily spike her drink and and makes the choice to drink it anyways and comes to and finds yourself making out with a stranger it gets kind of dark um but you know I, I i found that scene um and i also really really liked and maybe you missed this while you're in the bathroom but for a split moment <laughs> quite a bit for a split moment when she's on the dance floor you see her as the black swan you see the makeup you see the whole bit and so like and, and i like that you you get like it's when she bites uh you know when she bites vincent cassell when she's on the dance floor and when she tells him like um you know i'm fucking doing this this is this is my role she has these moments of real strength and stealing this in her where she lets loose and and, and like and i really like those moments when the black swan shows up especially when it really does show up because it's like towards the end of the movie it's really really brief she turns back into the white swan but my god that earned her the oscar right there when she shows up as the black black swan forget the makeup forget the red eyes like the performance what she's doing she's like someone else like it's She's transcendent. That's what they're supposed to be. Transcendence. That's what Toma wanted. Toma. Toma. Yeah. <laughs> wanted to be transcendent. But, uh, you know, Mila Kunis, to me, I, I guess maybe I've just seen her in too many comedies when 
She's in a scene. She's just kind of doing this thing where she kind of turns her head and she frumps a little bit. And, hey, I'm Kunis. And that's supposed well, supposed to be her being like carefree and un, yeah. you know, impulsive. Well, she's perfect for that. Stuff. She yeah. is perfect for that. That's true. And she and she looks a little bit like Natalie Portman, which was the whole reason she got cast, right? Like, um, just like friend, stuff Anna Menace. <laughs> she's a she, yeah. She was a she was yeah, friends with Natalie Burnham. Portman, which I guess is you know I read Wikipedia too, uh, so I guess that's why that like she uh, ended up um, being cast in the role. But there's this whole doppelganger thing happening throughout it which um i think that has a lot to do with why you know she's in the movie and i don't think that she brings the movie down i think that she um is no, she doesn't perfect for the role she's a carefree easy breezy individual don't give a fuck and doesn't really understand like the the, the, the issues because she's clearly been alone for like you get the feeling this person's been in control of her life for a long time she's a, a rolling stone i fear while watching it and here in retrospect is that this movie would benefit from a little bit more subtlety. I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, it, oh yeah, she's not going to be real. Like, she, like uh, yeah. whenever they're like they're showing like the mirrors, it's like, yeah, this is all so yeah. hot. You're going to do the whole Fight Club, the whole Shutter Island. Like, it's not real. Think, I skipped that whole segment in the dressing room where they, she stabs her and stuff. Like, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? I'm not even kidding. I don't know that Aronofsky's the man to go to for restraint. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, because you talk about this being a parallel of the Swan Lake play. And yes, in in plays and ballet and opera, you have these archetypes, these caricatures. But in this film, all of the characters just seem like one dimensional. The, the crazy mother that used to be a ballet, the, the Winona Ryder. And you know how I love a Winona Ryder. She used to be the... They seem so one-dimensional. Showgirls connections here, by the way. Same thing. That's how Showgirls goes. Sure. Elizabeth Berkeley's character takes over. Gina Gershon is the Winona Ryder. And then there's a dance. That's a dance movie. I thought Eric would be into that. He so this is dance movie. This is Perfect Blue meets, uh, what, striptease? What are we talking about? I forget. Yeah, okay. so Chad mentioned that in the email with Perfect, Perfect Blue, Blue and the shots for shots in some instances in that Japanese anime classic, which I've never seen. Travis never yeah. saw it either, right? So. My friend Kevin keeps trying to get me to watch it. I think if this movie like was an anime or it's had some sort of different iteration, it might be a little bit more interesting to me as like a genre piece, which I think is what it is. It's it's like a horror movie with some dramatic elements. It's just I, I don't find it that interesting anymore. I cannot I cannot see it as a horror movie personally. I just I don't I don't get a horror element. I I I, I get this is straight drama oh, for me. This is like maybe psychodrama. Like if you've seen any. Dario Argento or Mario Bava film. This is straight paranoia horror to the tenth degree, with like all the neck stretching and the fingernails and the, the yeah, there's the painting screaming. There's yeah, like, there is definitely body silly. horror. There's it's like exploitation. Yeah, there's clearly body horror going on. I don't know about exploitation, but there's there's clearly body horror happening here. Um, what I I just don't feel like it like I is at no point am I scared or am I feel like I'm really okay. supposed to be scared. You take, um, it, it, this is, a, I'm sorry, Travis. That's okay. It reminded me a little bit about Spider, the David Cronenberg film that yeah. is, is also about somebody who's mentally disturbed. And movie. God help us, you'd think that Cronenberg would go over the edge, but he's restrained in something like Spider. Oh, he's right. not tossing these horror, or whatever you want to call them. They're genre cliches your way. And he's trying to, he's doing a little bit more that I haven't seen before uh, other than Black Swan. Hey, well, I mean, you know, Cronenberg is a fucking master. I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 I like 
I like Aronofsky. I don't. I don't think that he's a master. I don't. I mean, I, I, like, 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 well, like I said, he's, I think he's hit or miss. He's not. The Falcon yeah, he is. sucks. I mean, <laughs> he, he is hit or miss. He's, he's hit or miss, like... dude. He's got he's got flashes of brilliance, but yeah, he, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry, he's not what. He's got a lineage of movies, but that doesn't mean they're all fantastic. Like you said, you've already laid out that case. Aronofsky's name is thrown out there. A Requiem for Dream is a classic, and it's really well done. All the work he does, he doesn't have the ability to kind of... I th- I don't know if he's a great collaborator, not with the oh, actors man. so much, but I wonder if he could really benefit from the other people involved in the behind-the-scenes production of movies and get a little bit more collaboration involved. Yeah, that's a total it, like conspiracy theory. I don't know right. anything about that. But. No, same thing. I, I don't know anything about it, but I'd be curious. Like, how involved is he in the editing process? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I, I'd be curious to see if maybe someone else with a little bit a different eye maybe would take a different approach to the some of his stuff, a little yeah. less uh, frenetic. Yeah, I mean, look yeah. at this. Mother, you guys have ripped Mother a million times. Obviously, Worst Noah, that's trash. Vision. Black Swan, we're talking about it now. The Wrestler, it's good. It's good. Fountain, Great. trash, trash. Well, uh, unless I'm, Eric is it not trash. I'm, no, I'm sorry, but you you talk about the editing of the film, and another issue I have with the film. I don't mean to be so negative, but I, I I'm just so surprised after that first viewing. Like I said, I w- I walked out. I could have floated away from the Michigan theater after that first viewing. I watch this now, and I'm like, this editing. What is the t- what is the timeline here? Like a, a professional Matter New York days. stage ballet is going to take like a year to produce and eventually have its premiere. <laughs> That's a good point. It feels like it's happening. Over so the course, it like feels week like so. it's happening in like a week. Yeah, it does right. seem. That's true. And especially in terms <laughs> but of. But it's a like, season. Like, it's not a year. It's a season, too. If you're going to tackle, year. and that's another problem with. I don't know why I'm so fired up. Uh, I don't either. It's only Travis at the end of last week's episode. Good job. I I really do. (laughs) But if you're going to tackle this character's psychosis, to do it in what seems to be such a short time seems irresponsible and stupid to me. Well, maybe, yeah. I don't don't have any arguments there. Uh, What else? What else will we not cover here, guys? I'm sure there's something you want to talk about. But, yeah, it's a mental health. Forget it. You shouldn't even cover it in this movie because it's never, like, discussed in any meaningful dialogue in this movie at all. What do you mean? You you can't say that and shouldn't even cover it in this movie. This movie is literally about mental health. No, but what about about a mental health breakdown? When is it discussed in this movie in any meaningful way in the dialogue? That's a question. It's not, and I think that's part of, like, the point. Like again, that gets to my point that not only is she neglecting her mental health because she doesn't realize or or really right. fully appreciate. I like, get nobody, that. Nobody in her life does either, so that that's why it's never addressed. Like well, that's she a problem. Through, it is. It's a you know that it's a very real problem when mental health issues get ignored by the people experiencing them and the people in their lives who should have concern for them. That's how they slip through the cracks and accidentally fucking stab themselves on stage or whatever. <laughs> that's so, a problem but, for the movie though being made. Well, uh, but see, I, oh, I, 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 I see what you're saying. I just think that I think it's a deliberate choice that they're trying to like. I think they're trying to make that argument that like you need yeah. to you need to talk about this stuff. You need to acknowledge it, or else you're gonna bleed out. Maybe. I agree with that. Maybe. I completely agree with you. What I think my problem here is with the way they decided to make the movie mm-hmm. and that premise. That's the problem because what is this movie? You say it's not horror. It's, it is like a thriller, scary movie. Yeah, they, it's they, like a thriller drama. I would they, give it that. That's fine. I mean, these are Whatever. semantics, but I, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't get what his intentions. I want to. In fact, I should have read up more about it. Like, what was your intention, Mister Aronofsky? Did you want to? 
this descent to madness. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're going to fast forward it, but you think you should have read more about it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you it made me uncomfortable. I admit it. It made me uncomfortable. It it's did. It's a very always trying to almost always trying to make his audience uncomfortable. Man. That's his thing, man. That's his thing. That's his. There's that's his. Like yeah, for absolutely, Mother can suck. I I, I fucking hate, cannot stand the movie. I'm right. Aaron letter. likes Mother. Aaron, are you out there? You, you love Mother, don't I you? I can see. But, I can see it, that. It's it's what Aronofsky's going for. Right? He wants you to be unsettled in almost every film he's made. He's a he's a really intelligent filmmaker. I know because he wears scarves in all of his interviews. He, he has a mustache in his IMDb photo. That's a very true. tiny. No, no ascot. Oh, I don't know. That, that, that's why I I'll go back again to these first fifteen minutes. You got Vincent Cassell. He's telling us, he's reminding us about what Swan Lake is all about. It's about, uh, you know, the white swan, you know, getting under the spell and desiring freedom. And the he's only, great in this movie, by the way. I know he plays a scumbag. And only true really love, good. only true love, or, you know, you could, or something can break this spell. Uh, uh, and then the black swan swoops in and she, blah, blah, blah. There's no like. There's nothing to strive for with this character. She like. There's nothing dangling there. Like, hey, if you go in this direction, maybe you can be saved from this eventual terror or horror that is is beckoning you at the end. It's just descent into madness, and that's what fucking bugged me. There's nothing but there. There's no one to root for. Aronofsky says that he he maintains this is a psychological horror film. Well, in, in that case, I, I'm glad if it is a horror movie, I'm glad because it's an Academy Award winning and Academy Award nominated horror movie, which I'm on board with that. I'd like horror to get more love in the, you know, award situation. But um, yeah, I, I, I whatever. That's like you said, it's semantics. I don't want to argue that anymore. Um, I, huh. I, I do think that um, I do think that like for me, yeah, I empathize with the character. I I, I get what he's going for. I'm I not think, arguing that with you. And I am not arguing that with you. I know we can get the job. Can he do the job? Um, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I think that um, I think that uh, it's a it is a lot more simple of a story than I realized. And uh, you are watching this person in this death spiral, and that's and that makes it hard to watch too. Like there's, mo- I think that you're like you, you do feel trapped in the way that with the choices that she's making and um, the situation that has, uh, you know, the way that her life has panned out, I guess it's all, it's all, it's all anxiety inducing and, um, not, <sighs> and, and not the most joyous watch, which again, which is why I didn't watch it for 11 years, you know, um, and it's, I, my, um, it's my problem with this character, Travis, man. And I totally see what you're saying, but we've got someone who is already in the upper echelon of New York ballet theater and she's not satisfied. She wants to be perfect. Yeah. And that's I another don't problem. Know, I, I don't know how I can root for this character when there's just not much there for me personally. I, well, I mean, I, I again, like, I think that that's that that to me is why this is like an athlete's horror in a, in a way, like an athlete's nightmare. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. that your that your body's falling apart, that you're getting too old. There's always someone coming up behind you trying to take your position. Um, you know, it, it's I. That was what I got out of that. Okay. Yep. That's really well said, Travis. You're right. And you gave me that perspective. And yeah, she is an athlete. She's an incredible machine. She's someone with, you know, they put a lot of effort into the dancing from what I've read on this. Mm -hmm. I'll give 
a lot of credit to Natalie Portman. She probably was the impetus for this being made as well. And there was a big thing before the movie came out about some dancer said, that's not her. Natalie Portman faked all that stuff. And the, <laughs> everybody vehemently denied that. So, I mean, it looks like she certainly gave it her all because you, I just don't think you could create this type of performance. This is what's kind of going on. You got like a meta. You got a girl trying to get a performance out of the character and the Swan Lake, and then the real human being herself, Natalie Portman, trying to get this beautiful, transcendent, next-level performance out of herself in the movie. Uh, that's interesting. That's fascinating stuff, and I do enjoy that type of just, like, layers upon layers of filmmaking. But I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. I want to I I ask you this. If you want to... You can comment what you're going to say, but I'll... Is, does a movie have to hold up? Does it have to be enjoyable? No, no. Cause I mean, like, I mean, I mean, enjoyable. I think that's a, like a loaded term because like, uh, I, there's some movies I enjoy or I think are good movies that, that I don't necessarily like enjoy. Right. Like I'm trying to yeah. think, um, yeah. Um, some of the rougher horror, you know, like for instance, like uh, Midsummer, for instance. I think Midsummer is a fucking fantastic movie. It's not enjoyable. I don't enjoy <laughs> watching Midsummer, you know. Yeah, and and there's movies like Lawrence of Arabia that are fucking masterpieces, but so boring. <laughs> <laughs> so I I think that like you know obviously this ever fluid idea of what it is to hold up, but it's clearly subjective whatever it is so what does it mean to you today sir yeah <laughs> yeah that's it uh eric you want to lead us off i mean you picked this movie i know and i and i feel bad uh, <laughs> <laughs> i think we know where you're I'm not arguing that with you i'm gonna try not to make the same mistake i did last week we've got what is technically such a gorgeous movie. I love this like grainy photography in this camera work. It's so tight on on Natalie on Natalie Portman. It's that the frame is so claustrophobic. You're almost afraid to turn a corner. So in terms of the paranoia and the frustration of this character, it's shot meticulously. Uh, so and that's a credit to Darren Aronofsky. My problem is the script. He borrows, he samples, he steals from so many cliched, like even like 80s genre picks about like, hey, it turns out that like this is you. And like, we get it. All these mirrors, we get it, man. Do it. You're your own worst enemy. We get it. Uh, ad nauseum. Uh, for me, that really brought it down for me, man. And as much as I adore this performance by Natalie Portman, she does what she can but she mostly just plays scared and confused for two hours. I blame the script. And, and, and because of this story, I, I got to tell you right now that I can't say that it holds up, even though I think this is a great effort and beautiful film to watch. I, I can't say I recommend that it holds up in 2021 right now. I'm not arguing that with you. I'm not going to scream at you or swear at you. So. Hey, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll go next. Uh, hmm. First off, come on, dude. Say what you will. Say what I've said about this movie on the show already. Natalie Portman's performance is absolutely worthy of sweeping. She got the Golden Globe. She does what she can? What the fuck is that? 
<laughs> sorry, dude. Yeah, sorry, Eric. We love you. You know, we love you. But get the fuck out, dude. I mean, if the movie sucks, it sucks. But her about? performance. No, she gave. I was thinking about Closer. We did Closer I, 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 on this. I love her performance, Mike. I'm just saying the script did she you was handed. Said about it, though? She does. She, yeah, go back and listen to what you just said about her performance. Yeah, I think I'll, you forgot. I'll have maybe. to. <laughs> but like, no, no one, like, she couldn't do what she was handed better. She's incredible in the film. Like, like you can oh, play okay. Humpty Dumpty and like get an Oscar if you do it good enough. I'm just saying this. <laughs> script wasn't there. There was no character. I'd like to see the Humpty Dumpty movie. I kind of... <laughs> I think they just call it Dumpty. Oh, that now would be Dumpty. <laughs> they would. You guys see Dumpty? Dumpty. The, the, the dark and gritty remake? The double oh, feature yeah. with grilled cheese the movie. That'd be awesome. Yeah. The wall uh, is like a... It's like the Berlin Wall instead of... It's like there's this huge like European faction. <laughs> I won't go there. Anyways. She did an amazing job. So kudos to her. And I was thinking about Closer, which is a movie we did on this podcast. You can go back and look Listen to the old closer version if you'd like to. 2004. Uh, I it's not just you, is it, Eric? Are you having audio issues? Got it. Yeah, I got so oh, pissed shit. off. I pulled that wire no, out of my there's head. There's something going on with Mike. Yeah, oh, it's Mike. Yeah, it's, it's Mike. Mike. Yeah, he turned he turned into a robot. Um, if you could, yeah, see we got like Max Headroom here. Um, yeah, that was interesting. Streaming. We're gonna Matt, assume he's Matt, just saying. <laughs> I'll I'll, tr I'll try to fill in. Uh, this is a film. I guess I guess that has a lot of meaningful things. Bob Saget, Code Red. Bob oh, Saget, Code Red. Bob right. Saget, Code Red. He's back. Everybody okay? All right. My battery almost died, and I had to switch an emergency plug over. I apologize, folks. I should have noticed that. That's my fault. You're delayed. Anywho, you were saying. So where did I leave off? Uh, two we did a we did closer. 2004 is closer, which is an episode yeah. on this podcast that you can listen to at your uh, yes. pleasure. And she was yes. great in that. And I thought of that role a few times when I watched this movie because those are really two of her most, in my view, some of her most outwardly emotional. She really doesn't hold anything back in those roles. Really well done. So she deserves everything. And, you know, Vincent Cassell is a guy that I, frankly, I've not seen a lot of. We watched Brotherhood of the Wolf recently on this show as well. And, he not, you know, it's not really, that's not a movie where you're getting the best of Vincent Cassell, to be frank, in my opinion. I've only seen I've seen him in the Ocean Twelve, and I have not seen a ton of him in my line of work he's, as he's a viewer. Eastern Promises, right? Oh shit, yeah. Oh yeah, he's great in that. Yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, good call. But I think this this is the best I ever saw him, and I'm going to lock that in too. So you have great acting performances. Clearly, Aronofsky got the most out of everybody in this, or they they were like ready to give their all. However, it, however it came together, I got no beef with any of the performances. And the movie puts me on edge. So the movie's doing something to me. It's making me feel something I don't necessarily want to feel. I don't enjoy it. I'm like, oh, my God, this sucks. This, oh, this poor woman. Oh, oh, my God, her mother's the worst. Barbara Hershey is fucking fantastic. So good. So, but the, I, I, I really don't know what to say. I, I'm fucking torn because <laughs> I'm shitting on the movie here a bit, but it's really really does stick with you but it's not like travis said so clearly i don't want to watch this movie again and again but that doesn't mean it doesn't hold up so as a you film forwarded it many times you i didn't did. care true. what was happening mike yeah that's true that's true but sorry to break in but that's the truth you didn't care what was happening so you fast what? forwarded it let the man speak it's my retribution so the guy who yelled at you last week as you know. <laughs> uh, the truth is I wasn't that into this movie when I watched it. 
but I'm really kind of into discussing the film a lot more, which is a curious position to be in. I don't know why. So in the end, Aronofsky, you know, he, he made that. I'm going to think about that point there. He does not know how to collaborate properly. He doesn't restrain. No one's restraining him either. So I think he ends up becoming his own worst enemy. And I, you know what? I don't think <laughs> this movie holds up. I'm sorry. It's a great performance, some really great performances, but this movie does not hold up. All right. Um, I'd like to go back to the beginning of the film for a minute to make a couple points um, that I didn't get a chance to make earlier. And that I think for me, demonstrate some of the things I like about the film. Um, it, it starts off the dream sequence, which you know we, <laughs> none of us here are particularly crazy about, but you get an example early in the film of um, how well the camera can dance with the dancers. Like it is part of the film. There's so much handheld work in this movie, which usually I'm not into at all. I I, I don't, especially dramas. I don't usually like really care for that kind of stuff. And, and um, but it's used really effectively. And you, what's the cinematographer's name again, Eric? Matthew Matthew Libidicu. Well well done on him. Um, it, it it does it is shot very very well. And then there's this uh this all this emphasis on feet and not like in a tarantino kind of way um <laughs> in a very accurate to ballerinas way i don't know much about ballerinas but my niece has been one for about 10 years oh. um and what i know about ballerinas is that their feet get fucked up their feet are just beat to shit all the time their bodies like this like again like uh, this is uh, this is a fucking sport their bodies are they go through the ringer and by 28 yeah they're fucking their bodies are toast they're done they can't do it anymore um, so I, I, I like the way that we're eased into her problems. You were eased in for, for the dream. We're eased into her, um, her hopes and her wishes, however misguided and um, ill-placed they are. And the way that we're eased into the body horror of what she goes through. I think that this movie, for all of its simplicity, because I do think it is like a really simple story. Um, I think that it hits those beats really, really well. I do. I acknowledge. I think you're right about like the tortured woman, blah blah blah. All this kind of stuff like is a little tired. But if you're gonna make a movie about a mental health crisis and how that can climax in um, in in tragedy, I, I think this is a, an unintentional tragedy, right? She doesn't purposely kill herself. Um, it's it's the psychotic break that didn't need to come that does it. Um, so. For all of that, I like like you were saying earlier, Eric, that this is like a terrible depiction of mental health and all that kind of stuff, and, and I disagree. Um, based on my experiences with it, I, I, I it, some of this just felt so uncomfortably familiar. And uh, lastly, this is the only movie out of what seventy five movies now that we've watched that when it was over, I got on Wikipedia real quick and confirmed to make sure that the lead actor got the Academy Award for it, which she did. Never have I done that before because you know what I mean? Like we, we tend to watch movies where we're not sure if they hold up or not, but her performance in this, I already used the word transcendent. And I think that's, especially when she shows up as the black swan, but throughout the whole thing, I disagree that she's just panicked and sad the whole time. I think that, I think she, I think that she rides this rail throughout the movie of, of experiencing different emotions at once. at a lot of times where she's aroused, but angered or where she's nervous, but happy. And like, there's all these kind of different things like th that she's doing at once. And, and at the same time, she's trying to rein it all in and keep it all real close and, but show us that it's about to burst. I think it's the performance of her career. Uh, and I think the film holds up. There it is. 
There it is. All right, one holds up. Michael's been truly touched by this. Truly passionate he's, testimonial. He's reading about the movie again. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, there you have it. You know, I was you know what I was thinking fast about forwarded was, your uh, comments. Can I fast forward tune me out? <laughs> I was thinking about you know the hold up thing. Does it hold up? Oh, here we go again. This is, Are you kidding? This is where me? we get into no. Just relax, okay? Just mute yourself. The thing is, yourself. <sighs> it's not about me. So when people, when sometimes I'll get flack for like, what you said, it sucked, or it holds up still. It's because I try to take myself out of it. I do have opinions on it. And I look at it, but for does it hold up? I I take myself out of. It. I try to, and I feel like. Oh yeah, I do the opposite. <laughs> yes. See exactly. Yeah, and I think I've hit on a point here that it's just kind of a revelation for me about how we look at this. That's all. I just want to throw that out there. It's interesting. It's not about me. It's about the bigger picture thing. That's how I view. Uh, but anyway, so are is, you saying that moving forward you'll be more subjective or less subjective? What you, no, what is, I, don't, your I don't see any revelation here. I don't see any instant changes happening here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> at this time, but. Uh, do you see any future picks? Because it is your turn to pick That's our true. next feature oh. here on the Cinema Nine Podcast. Uh, yeah, and uh, well, we got to get on the uh, Cinema Nine Discord, the business only Discord, and talk about the next guest too. That's true. In two weeks, um, we're gonna I, have a special guest. A message about it. <laughs> oh, well, wait, no, you, you uh, wait. So we're ready to announce our special guest in two weeks, right? Is that what you're saying? I feel like we are. Are we not? Okay. Yes, we are. Okay. I misunderstood. Go ahead, Go James, ahead. please. Please. No, no, you, no, you, you, you. You want me to do it? I do. I don't know. Do I know who you're it is? about to? Uh, it's Brian from the podcast. What this song means to me. That's right. Yay. Yes. And I asked you if you were going to talk to him about it, which you did not. I did talk to him about it. I okay. did. So, yeah. Great. Brian Seymour will be on this podcast. What the song means to me. It's a great podcast. Me and Travis have been on it. I'm sure Eric will be on it next after he meets Brian when he comes on the show. Yeah. Right um, you might. My Maybe. episode hasn't aired yet, so you won't find mine. It's all staggered. It'll be there. there. Deary's hasn't aired yet either. It's all part of the process. I think he's trying to stagger out us people that know each other too much, too often. Okay, I don't know what his process is. I'm just making shit up. I have no Something, idea. I don't know. But, it will uh, be yeah, revealed. He, and he will be on our show in two weeks. But before that, next week we have oh, yeah. Mike Govier's choice, which he is right now choosing from a yep. list on his phone while I vamp for him. <laughs> no need to hide it i do have a list i think it's important to make sure that there's a list growing because we all have a list right yeah i have a True. list actually, but i it's, it ends up being a list that i look at and be like okay i'm not picking that this week either yeah um I, more and more i end up doing picking, that yeah I, I end up picking it differently from the, i don't use the list anymore Oh, these are some good ones. Okay, so, okay. Ten you know, Reese Witherspoon movies. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Do I see a Reese Witherspoon movie? Uh, Ooh, we got Sweet Home uh, Alabama. We got Legally Blonde. We got Legally Blonde 2. We're going to do Election uh, again. <laughs> I don't see you're on this list right now. Uh, there's about 23 movies on this list. Well, name and, one of them. You know, it's just a matter of... So we had 2010 here. We went to 2010. I'll, I'll do what Eric does. I'll give you a couple choices with the years. Okay. And I'll let you guys decide. That's kind of a fun. I like that game. It's a fun game. Okay. All right. So we could go to either 2004 or 1988. I say 1988. I say 1988 as well. We haven't been to the 80s in a while. Yeah. Okay. Well. You're ready to lighten the mood for this one. We're switching gears. We're doing oh, 1988's 
License to drive. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Been what? since I was eight. License Perfect. to drive. Perfect. All right. License to drive. Let's wow. hold up. I was always a dream of little dream guy, so I didn't yeah. really see that one much. Oh, that's a good yeah. one too. I love that movie. I wow. used to, anyways. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen License to Drive in a minute, but man, I really enjoyed it when I was a kid. It was a right. lot of fun. A lot of fun. Left, Richard, uh, left field. I like it. Richard Mazur is in that one, plays the father. How, how are we going to stand game? out from the numerous critical essays that have been written about <laughs> this monumental, ponderous, thought-provoking film? Yeah, you could have picked 2004. You picked 88, so that's, that's what we're doing. That's so. to drive. I, it I is a different movie in 04, I will tell you yeah. that. So. All, right. All right, cool. <laughs> the two Corys <laughs> next week. Uh, I think it's the first time we've done the two Corys. Yeah, 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 it will be. That's true. All right, cool. All right. A lot of bright colors, uh, a lot of young actors. We'll see you next a week. A lot of shades. <laughs> lot of, yeah, there'll be some uh, shades. There'll be some hijinks, too. There's going to be hijinks. Oh, for involved, sure. So. Hoagie hijinks tribute. We'll catch you guys next <laughs> week on the Cinnamon Knife Podcast. Uh, we appreciate your time and energy, and uh, enjoy your lives, everyone. Is there a fun black swan quote we can end on? <laughs> attack it! Attack it! Attack it! <laughs> I got nothing.